joining today's Accelerate Your Performance podcast. And thank you for having a desire to be your best at work and helping your organization achieve success. The podcast focuses on tactical actions to improve workplace culture, and these tactics align to our nine principles for organizational excellence. Today, we'll focus on, can you fix my culture? I have the great pleasure of working with partner organizations each week, leaders throughout the country. And over time, I've heard people ask me this question, can you fix our culture? And, And I answer, I can't do that, but I think we can do some things together to create an excellent culture. I also talk about the work being intentional and focused with high levels of commitment. In other words, it's not just some magical dust that we sprinkle throughout the organization and think that we're going to wake up and we're going to have a great culture. It's really hard work to have a great culture, very intentional. So where do we start? Most organizations have a strategic plan that includes organizational mission and values. As we look at the plan, I usually ask this question. When we look at the values, you know, are they hanging on the walls or are they walking the halls? Our first principle in the nine principles is commit to excellence. And it's difficult to achieve this principle if we're not working with teams to define what we want in our workplace. What do we want our culture to be? And we can't just set that culture and expect people to get there. It's working with the people each and every day, asking them what they want it to look like. What do they want to do to build that good culture? So how do we define what we want those interactions to look like with each other and with our customers? Last week, I walked into a hotel to meet someone. And again, I know I tell a lot of travel stories, but they're just too beautiful not to capture sometimes. There were these gorgeous posters on the hotels, on the hotel walls in the lobby, the values hanging in the lobby. And one of the values focused on high quality service. So I was sitting in the lobby waiting for someone and gave me that opportunity to watch the registration desk for about 10 minutes. It's amazing what 10 minutes can tell you about an organization. So the front desk professional was eating a snack. She was eating her snack and she answered the phone customer approached her at the desk. She put the food on the counter in front of the customer. The phone rang. She answered without first addressing the customer. She stayed on the phone and, of course, can you imagine, wave for someone in the back to help the customer standing at the front desk. And, of course, no one responded. So with disgust, she put the person on hold and asked the customer if he needed assistance. The customer wanted to inquire about a room change. Well, that took a lot of effort. So she asked the customer to wait and went back to her phone conversation. At that point, I just decided I wasn't going to look anymore. We've all lived this story somewhere, and we've lived the negative encounters between people when something like this occurs, and it's occurred uh, with us as well. So several things come to mind when I think about this employee. She may not know the expectations, She may not have been trained appropriately. Her leader may not hold her accountable in any way. Her leader may not engage in conversations with her, you know, to help her be at her best, to help her know what right looks like. And the leader may not understand the values 
hanging all over the walls, nor live them. And if the leader's not living them, how can this team be expected to do so? When we don't know what living the values looks like, we tend to have negative influences on culture. I'm convinced, and as I've worked over the past years with organizations, I've become more and more convinced that to change cultures, we as leaders have to first change our behaviors and model what right looks like for others. We're modeling, and through modeling, we're teaching. People have to understand the expectations, and they have to see it live in action, see all of those expectations that we define in action. So one key tactic we teach focuses on what we call operationalizing our organizational values. It's the people in the organization who define how they want to work and how they want to live in their workplace. We spend a lot of time at work with our teammates, and it's our teammates that begin to set that culture that they want. So to operationalize our values, we work with people on teams to create what we call standards of practice. And don't get hung up on the term. Some people call them service excellence standards. Some people call them best place to work standards. Some people call them standards of behavior. It's not the term. It's just basically taking our values and creating some set of standards that we can live by that define how we want to work each day. The approach that we apply, and this is important, it's collaborative and inclusive, and it's a grassroots approach. So it's not leader-driven. It's not, it's not a, the leaders determining what they want the culture to look like. It really starts at that grassroots level with our teams who are doing the work each and every day. So the standards that we come up with aligned to the values. The standards will include a definition, the value, the definition, and some sample indicators of what that value looks like in action. So here's a summary. Let me just walk you through the process for a few minutes. To create those standards, we first create a core team. And that team is made up of a cross-section of individuals, a represented group, who come together, who begin to do the core work. And some people will ask me, you know, do I put some of our lowest, what if our lowest performers get on the team? I just say, don't put them on there. This is not a team for your lowest performers or for people who are having issues. It could be if you have an individual who is a good solid performer who this might help them move forward, then it's an okay thing to do. But you really want a group of individuals who know a lot about the organization and who want to want the organization to succeed, and it's representative of your organization. Once you create the team, the team begins to define the values and determine some sample behaviors that represent the values. So they do this working, this work together, and they ask this question and answer it. If we were living this value, what would we be doing? What would people see? What words would people hear us say? What would right look like for us? And so they do that work, and they come up with an initial definition and standards that they can then begin to share with other employees for input. So we, the group gathers the employees and gets input and continues with that development process. As that group gets input, then the group begins to modify and shift 
because they're trying to be as inclusive as they can through that input process. At some point, they complete the initial input process and put a document together. And then those initial standards in that draft form goes out to the entire organization through a survey process. And through that survey process, now everybody has a chance. They can choose to have a chance to provide that input. And once again, that standards team uses that input to make the modifications. And once they make the modifications and they believe that they have the standards of practice that they want, they send them to the leadership team for review. And at some point, those standards are adopted and shared with the entire organization and become the foundation of our work together. Now we have the organizational standards of practice developed by employees. They define what they want the work environment to look like, what they expect of themselves and their leaders and their coworkers. To make it even more relevant, we ask leaders of units and organizations to take these standards and work with their teams to define how the standards translate to their respective areas. But we start with the beginning of the standards. So what's the advantage of applying this process to operationalize organizational values? I think you can see, probably, that employees clearly understand the expectations and have the opportunities to perform at their highest levels. So we hire new people who agree to align to the standards and who want to work in a place where these standards exist. And if employees who we hire or potentially who we hire don't, then we don't hire them. We also can use the standards to develop people. So when we focus on one of the standards and we want, and our team tells us this is the standard that's most significant to us for right now, then we can tailor our professional development to that standard. Then it's what the employees want, what our teams want. And then finally, we can use these standards at some point to hold people accountable. So when somebody is out of line, it's not the leader telling somebody they're out of line just because a leader thinks so. It's basically the leader helping them understand that they're not in line with the standards. This past year, our team completed a refresh of our values and standards because we've added more people and a new and new people to our team. So it just felt like a time where we could refresh our own. And I wanted to give the new team members a chance to engage in these same type of conversations to know what we expect of ourselves and each other and see if they change, it changed a little bit. So here's what we all created using the process that I worked through a few minutes ago. We have four standards, leading the way, making the complex simple, amazing service, and delivering results. Those are our standards. They don't have to be yours. That's what made the most sense to us. And here's an example of our expected behavior, let's say for this last standard, delivering results. When we deliver results well, Here's what we think we need to do. We are only satisfied with being our best with each other and our customers. We are solutions-oriented and accountable in our quest for continuous improvement. And we exceed our customers' goals and achieve sustainable impact over time. That's what our team said was important when we deliver good results. So then our service line teams take these standards and these guiding standards, and they talk about them in their respective areas. So for example, we have a leadership coaching team with a coach leader. So the coach leader takes the coaching team 
and they talk about what does this look like when we extend this to our partners and over time and what does it look like for us and I can tell you that some of the discussion focuses on anticipating their partner needs you know they do that before we even follow up or following through you know with a hundred percent of a reliability they know that when they create their standards that it's going to be all about what their partners need and how they connect to their partners. So I think you get the point. So delivering results for a team inside the organization may look a little bit different than outside the organization, but when we take it that one more step, it becomes very specific to what the individual teams can do within those given standards. I think you get the point on that. It's as much about the conversations we have to be our best as it is about having a standards document. That's the point I'm trying to make. So we'll have the document, but if we don't keep talking about what's on that document and what it means to us, then the document too can become relevant. So how do we live our values? We operationalize those, we build the standards, and then we have conversations over and over and over again about what these mean to us and what they mean to the people that we serve. That's the way we change culture. Our standards stay alive because we align our development and our work to these standards every day. It keeps our culture alive and well. Fixing our culture starts with building a collective process for determining how we want to live together at work and then living this way every day. So as you go out this week, Let's do two things. First, evaluate the current state of your organizational values. Remember, their values could be hanging on the wall on beautiful posters, but are they alive and well? Do we live them? Do you have organizational values? Do you know them and see them? Do they hang on the walls or do they walk the halls? And second, and the one that's a little more complicated but very much worth your time, at least schedule a block of time with your team over the next week or two. And at that meeting, choose a value. Ask your team to define it. And then ask, if we were living this value, what would we be doing? What would it look like? See what you come up with. As a leader, I think you'll enjoy the conversations. And most importantly, you'll learn an awful lot about your team by listening to what they say, and then it will be theirs to do. Thank you for tuning in to Accelerate Your Performance. I look forward to connecting with you on our next podcast, where we'll focus on executive leader sabotage. Have a great week.